Roses are red, violets are blue, and you're listening to the Uncut Gems podcast Patreon <laughs> exclusive for <laughs> November 2022. This is a tie-in episode, uh, one of two that we're doing this month, and it will connect into our main show. My name is Randy. My name is Jakob. And uh, yeah, we're actually quite excited here today because we have a guest with the show. This is a guest that I have a long history with. Um, it's, it's actually my son, Campbell Burroughs. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I signed up to this like four or five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Could not be more excited. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. Well done. It's, it's great to have you. And uh yeah, you're saying that makes it makes it sound as if we're really desperate to get guests in here, but uh, <laughs> pleased to have you nonetheless. So, all right. Please don't run. Please don't run away. Yeah, don't, don't, don't run away. And if if you do, then you'll be making noise in the other part you'll of the house. Rounded. We'll hear you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Quick comment about what's going on with uh, Patreon. Firstly, thank you to all of our subscribers on Patreon. We really appreciate each and every last one of you. Um, we are tying in today's episode to some work we're doing on uh, the main show at www.uncutgemspodcast.com and Uncut Gems, wherever you get your podcasts. And what we're doing over there uh, this month is Toy Soldiers. So that, I guess, is known as a diehard and a prep school. So the tie-in here is going to take us to a prep school conversation um, and specifically Dead Poet Society. So that's what we're going to be chatting about in uh, just a second. So um, if you happen to be listening to this through our main feed, then you know I encourage you to uh, head on over to the Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash uncut gems pod where for three dollars a month you can uh, untap unleash uh, all kinds of other discussions we release about three a month so uh, we just delve into all kinds of film conversations so without any further ado uh, let's get going and uh, wax poetic about dead poet society words and language no matter what anybody tells you Words and ideas can change the world. Now, see that look at Mr. Pitt's eye, like 19th century literature has nothing to do with going to business school or medical school, right? Maybe. Mr. Hopkins, you may agree with him, thinking, yes, we should simply study our Mr. Pritchard and learn our rhyme and meter and go quietly about the business of achieving other ambitions. I have a little secret for you. Huddle up. Huddle up! We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion. Medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. Dead Poets Society was released in, I'm going to say, 1989. Am I right on that? I think. Something like that. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Directed by Peter Weir and uh, written an original screenplay um, by Tom Schulman. Stars 
the late great Robin Williams. He stars as a John Keaton. And then there's a whole slew of young actors um, sort of making early appearances in here. We've got Robert Sean Leonard, Ethan Hawke, Josh Charles, Gail Hansen, Dylan Kuzman, Alelan Ruggiero, uh, James Waterston. And I want to mention all those actors because they are the Dead Poets Society. And then there are a couple other actors in there worth a mention. Kurtwood Smith uh, is in here and so is Norman Lloyd. Uh, it's a fairly simple story. It's a coming-of-age story for boys set in the 1950s. It's largely based on Tom Schulman's experiences. Um, it sort of revolves around seven friends, classmates at a prep school, and they begin another school year away from their families. And I guess as much as their families and the prep school are preparing them for, for college and adulthood and their futures, they really, at the end of the day, on an interpersonal level, only have one another to rely on to learn how to navigate the transition from youth to adulthood. Until that is, they meet a new English literature teacher, Mr. Keating, that's Robin Williams, and he manages to find a way to inspire this group and uh, take them out of the textbooks and into sheer enjoyment of literature. And he also helps them find their own voices, whatever they may be. Um, Mr. Keating serves as that caring individual that so many people need in their journey to adulthood. And I guess along the way it turns into a coming of age story for these boys as they encounter various personal issues. Um, Tom Schulman, as I said, he wrote this script. It was an original uh, screenplay based on his experiences at a similar type of school where he grew up in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Uh, the script kicked around for a little while in Hollywood, but it always seemed to be one of those ones that was greenlit and in active status, ready to go. Uh, for a while, Jeff Canyu was set to direct, and Liam Neeson at that point was originally cast to play the Robin Williams role. Could you imagine that? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, so during uh, some sort of a delay... Take a bloody elephant, sorry. <laughs> during some sort of a delay, Canu uh, was replaced by Peter oh. Weir, um, and Disney thought, I guess, that he would be a great fit. Uh, Weir was waiting around in Hollywood to do his next project, Green Card, and he was signed up for that, and he was going to uh, do that with Annie McDowell and Gerard Depardieu, but Jeopard uh, Depardieu was, he was tied up for a year or so. Um, so Jeffrey Katzenberg, he was the head of Disney at the time. He goes, Peter, what do you think of this script? And drops the Shulman script in Peter Weir's lap. And that seemed to be a good fit and a way for Peter Weir to fill his days. So with the new director, uh, it was set out for recasting. Neeson was out. Dustin Hoffman, Alec Baldwin, Mickey Rourke, they were all seriously considered. Um, so too were Tom Hanks and Bill Murray, along with Robin Williams. Those three guys were trying to find some more serious roles, I guess, to uh, diversify a bit. But Robin Williams, of course, landed the role. Um, and it is arguably his gateway to becoming one of the biggest stars of the 1990s. Um, in terms of the roles of the youth uh, in Dead Poets Society, River Phoenix, he auditioned for the role of Neil, um, but that's the role that went to Robert Sean Leonard, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon, and Sam Rockwell. They were they had all auditioned for roles as well. Um, and there was some brief discussion. Yeah, there's <laughs> interesting little tidbits, right? There was a brief discussion, I guess, at one point as well from some Disney execs that suggested 
well, why does it have to be about poetry? Poetry sort of boring. Let's make this about a dance academy. And I think it was uh, <laughs> Peter Weir that said, no, this is better as it is. And uh, cooler heads prevailed. So the film proceeded as originally planned being about poetry. Dead Poet Society was released uh, and became a huge well, the, hit. The title would have made no sense <laughs> if it was a dance academy. <laughs> or Dead Dancers Society, what would it have been? Uh, Dead Poet Society, when it did come out, it became a huge hit. It made $96 million or so in North America alone and almost $240 million, I'm going to say, worldwide. And those are big numbers, especially when you consider that this is a relatively sad film. It's a coming-of-age period drama. And so it's sort of a big deal that a film like this became a big mega hit. Uh Equally, it was critically adored, and uh, it earned an Oscar for Shulman for Best Original Screenplay. It uh, also received nominations for Best Director, Best Picture, and Best Actor for Robin Williams. That's Best Lead Actor. Um, and it won the BAFTA for Best Picture that year and Best Score, along with four other BAFTA nominations, including Director, Actor, Screenplay. Uh, so uh, that is the film before us today. So... To get things off, when we have a guest, tradition sort of dictates that we start with the opening thoughts of our guest. So, no pressure. Campbell, what are your thoughts on Dead Poets Society? Well, I loved it a lot because I myself, I'm in school and it reminded me of the friend groups that I had and have going and like how close everyone is and how daring they are and just to defy teachers, but also like to respect them, to get close with them, but to have a good time in school and do things that like will sometimes make us go out of our comfort zone. So it made me think about my school life as well as what could be done in my school life that could make like that. Oh, this is hard to put in the words. It's just, yeah. I really... I aspire to have like honor for a teacher like that and to have honor for friends like that. Awesome. Can I push you for a comment? Because I just want you to share, if you don't mind, where this film lies in your ranking of movies. Because that's what appealed to me to, you know, mention it to Jakob. And then the idea came up, well, bring them aboard. Where does this sit on your, because you have a little bit of a loose ranking of your films. Where does this sit on it? Okay, well, not many get into my top favorites, but I'd say, and that's why this one is probably only in my top one. <laughs> so this is high praise. <laughs> awesome. There will be top two. What will be top? Just to just contextualize this, like I need, I need, I need some data on this. <laughs> Next would probably be a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and then after that would might be John Wick. So, you know, all very friendly, family-friendly characters. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, John Keating. And John Wick. And John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair dues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Jakob, what's, oh, what's wow. your history with this film? I have a bit of a history because I'm an old fart, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I've seen this a long time ago, and it's just—it's one of those films, kind of like Goodwill Hunting, as for me. It's kind of like, you know, 
I don't really come back to it often, but when I do, I realize like, look, it's it's amazing. Like it's just such an easy watch. I, I just I just like watching this. So in terms of just an experience of of watching a movie, I think this is just great. And I really love watching Robert Williams uh, when he's because uh, you know what he's he's known he was known because he's dead, right? But uh, he was known for this sort of like controlled insanity mm-hmm. shtick, like that he would just go completely nuts and then on the set like the direct no one could have any control over and they were just like you have to kind of do let him do his thing and then just like hope for the best like let's point a camera at him someone's gonna come out right uh so i really enjoy when he's toned down i really enjoy this so like i think this is like a short span of time when he's i think i think this may have been the first film where he's like kind of outside of almost out, out of character for i him. was looking at it. i think it sort of is because then the next one will be the uh, Awakenings, where he's kind of, uh, he, that's his another serious role, because he's this doctor yeah. in there. Uh, while Robert De Niro is desperately trying to win an Oscar, because, you know, why yeah. not? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, any, anyway, with just Dead Poets Society, I really kind of, oh, I've, I've always kind of sympathized with this movie. It's just a, such a fascinating study, especially that, you know, like, oh, I, I didn't ha- actually go to school like this. I went to like a regular school back in like god knows where in poland right so um if i don't know reading poetry to girls not a good move like it was <laughs> so like you couldn't really pick up any any useful info for from this and i'm like I'm, at this point like i'm watching this now like i'm not, I'm not sure. if you'd like to listen to this show in its entirety head over to our patreon over at patreon.com uncutgemspod where for three bucks a month you'll get access to this podcast alongside many other bonus recordings of ours such as tie-ins to our regular show like this one themed retrospectives and marathons help us out by subscribing and listen to our conversations over at patreon.com slash uncut gems pod mm-hmm.